0: The I' the Amazon Planet Podcast, episode 46. I'm your host, Joel I'm Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast is Jeff McManus. Now, Jeff has a number of different titles. First, he is uh, the Director of Landscape Services at the University of Mississippi. So if you've ever been to the University of Mississippi or seen it, uh, you know, usually uh, commercial breaks from, uh, like, a uh, University of Mississippi uh, football game, you'll see, like, some views of the landscape, views of the grove, and you just see, like, that's a beautiful campus. And guess what? A lot of people agree with you. Uh, the University of Mississippi's campus has over and over again been called the most beautiful campus by USA Today, Newsweek, and Princeton Review. What Jeff and his team has been able to accomplish uh, in just the the shape, the beauty, the uh, everything that they've done with the landscaping uh, is just truly remarkable. So Jeff is... Um, Jeff is in charge of that group, and no, he would just give all the accolades to them, but, I mean, he has uh, been cultivating that group for many, many years, way beyond when I first arrived here, and we'll talk about that in the podcast episode. Jeff is also the uh, head of the Jeff McManus Group, which helps other organizations cultivate great leaders. Um, And also, Jeff is an author. He has authored the book Growing Leaders into Leaders, Leadership Lessons from the Ground Level. Which is going to be the basis of our conversation today on the podcast? That book captures some of the story and a lot of lessons that Jeff has learned and taught in his role cultivating the most beautiful campus. So, uh, I'm excited for that conversation. I've gotten to know Jeff uh, over the past couple years, and uh, excited to share some of his expertise and uh, some of the stories uh, behind his leadership. And so. But before we jump into the conversation with Jeff, just a quick disclaimer. In no way will we be able to communicate the whole value of Jeff's book. And even if we did, it would be from our perspective. In other words, you know what's coming. If you like what you hear, go get the book for yourself. Links to purchase the book can be found at amadonplant.com forward slash episode 46. Or seek it out wherever you buy high-quality books like this one, if possible. Try to support your local bookseller. I know uh, Jeff would agree with that. Like Square Books here in Oxford, Mississippi. So without further delay, here is my conversation with Jeff McManus. Jeff McManus, thank you for uh, joining me on the Amazon Planet podcast. How are you?
1: Hey, Joel. Thanks for having me. I am doing great today. Super excited to be with you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And hey, I I mean, I know I know your work because I get to see your work when I go to work. But can you take a quick uh, moment to introduce folks uh, to who you are
1: and what you do? Well, Joel, I like to say that... uh, I grow things, Uh, I grow (laughs) plants, you know, and I grow landscapes and flowers. But what I really do is, is grow people. And I like to grow people who are growing plants and flowers. And I, that's what I do. We create the most beautiful campus in the world. Uh, I just try not to get in the way. My job's to help fertilize people, water people and grow people. That's just really, that is what I do. I I do very little with plants, but I'd really try to grow our people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's ever stepped foot on the University of Mississippi's campus uh, and seen the landscape and seen just the the beauty that exists in this uh, in this space is just overwhelmed. I think, especially now when all, I mean we have all the flowers growing and and just everything is is in tip top shape and it's just it's it's a testament to you and your team and all that you do. And it's just it's an
1: amazing place to amazing place to walk to work. Let's just say that. Thank you. We have a we have a great team where we're well understaffed as most university grounds and landscape people are, but they absolutely make the magic happen. You know, Joel, I don't you probably know this, but there's a study out there that says that 62 percent of prospective college students will decide in the first few minutes if they're coming to the university based on the appearance. Mm-hmm. And so we've only got a few minutes to capture the hearts. And I know you're in academia world, so that may crush your spirit there. So I don't mean, I don't mean to, but I think it adds to what you all do, because if you don't have the credibility on the inside in the classrooms, they're not going to be there in the first place, but it's that it's when they come and experience, they already know the academics are there, but now they experience the the bones, so to speak, the facilities. And do they, do they make you feel like you're at home or this is where I want to be? So that's what we, we tell our folks is they're not just landscaping. They're helping create a, you know, this culture where people can come and learn.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and I will tell you, if I have, you know, I'm in charge of the doctoral program in the Department of Teacher Education. If I've got uh, a doctoral student that's going to come for a visit, and I know it hasn't been as frequent now during a global pandemic, but if they are going to come, I take them up Guyton Hall, take them through the back first. Then walk down the front steps, and they see down Magnolia down to Paris Yates Chapel, and all the magnolia trees are on the sides, and like they got the tennis stadium on right, and it's just like, here's where we get to work, and there's there's a library up ahead, and it's just like, well, that's that's kind of amazing, uh, kind of an amazing picture to get them to see like, hey, I I could be working and learning here in this amazing space. And yeah, we haven't even got gotten to the of, Grove yet.
1: <laughs> we haven't yeah. even walked to the Grove yet. <laughs> yeah, you're literally on one end of the campus, but it's a showcase, and you're smart to have bring them up because that we intentionally made that as you come up that staircase from the back It especially when the azaleas are blooming. Mm-hmm. So in April, it is a showcase. If you're looking down, on you look over the Chancellor's Yard with all those blooms and flowers. Uh-huh. I took some amazing pictures up there this spring. But, yes, I mean, you, we mm-hmm. want you – and and the people in your areas to be able to be proud of it, and then we want you to be able to capture the hearts of those people who are coming and say, "Man, just think, this this is what you're going to have to look at every day, right? Yeah. This beautiful campus, right? So that oasis." So, so that's I, what we do. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: and so you have your team, but how did you how did you get into this position, Jeff?
1: Well, oh, that's interesting. Well, you, I uh, I got here due to failure. Okay, so I'm in. <laughs> I, I fail classes really well. So you'll appreciate this being a, a prof and everything. So I was uh, taking marketing. I was a marketing major. And I was also uh, working at my brother's garden center some part-time during the summer. And, uh, and I realized I needed to learn some plant names. So while I'm taking marketing, I'm also over here taking some horticulture classes. Mm-hmm. I never even really thought about horticulture or anything. Well, as, as providence would have it, uh, I did not do well. And marketing. Matter of fact, Joel, <laughs> I failed the class, which really got my attention. And then, and then when I went through business calculus, well, I was able to fail it too, Joel. So I, <laughs> I saw I saw a pattern there that wasn't connecting with me. But Joel, I was doing great in horticulture. I was mm-hmm. the sciences were much more. I had to do the chemistry, so I ended up doing that part of and got offered a couple of jobs, just like all my fellow graduates, and ended up in Florida for a couple of years and so after after a while uh, University of Mississippi was looking for someone to take their uh, secret weapon their landscaping to the next level and I just happened to be picked for that and uh, really really honored that I was it's been a it's been a ride that's been 21 years ago I've been here now 21 years and uh, hired by Chancellor Kyatt right that's that's, that's right. One of the, one of the best he's, he's always jokingly have been accused of making Ole Miss like his front yard and just keeping it manicured and crisp. And, you know, he actually reached out to me and talked to me before he even created the position, which was kind of fun. And then I had to apply for the position but he was looking for someone. And, And that tells all of us that, you know, leaders are looking for talent. They're looking for people they can put in positions. They're looking for that. And just because it's not out there on, that job's not listed doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my, my little takeaway was whatever you're doing right now, just do it really good, be the best at it and, and get that reputation. And that's how I got the phone call is I was pretty good in the resort business. And so had a pretty good reputation. We'd won some national recognition. And so it was it, that credibility helped carry over. Cause I wasn't the smartest guy. I've already told you, I wasn't the smartest guy in the world. But I, but I do know how to do what I'm doing, so um, I've I've excelled in this world.
0: Yeah, and and so then you, you know taking that excellence and you captured it in a in a book, uh, growing weeders into leaders, leadership lessons from the ground level. I like the I like all that there <laughs> from the ground level. <laughs> uh, but how did how did that book
1: come to be, Jeff? Well, it, it, telling our story, our people, how a lot of our uh, folks had who had given up really on on just coming to work punching the clock surviving so like mm-hmm. so many times you see in the workplace they were just looking for the paycheck you know the paycheck means a lot when you don't really when you really hate your job and uh, we saw we saw those attitudes change and shift and people begin to really uh want to be better at their job they wanted to learn the plants they wanted to learn how to do things and when we saw that we felt like man this is this is the gasoline to put on that little fire that's here. And uh, we really, the program turned around, so it was really about our people. And so people have asked me, well, how did you do such a turnaround? How did you, how did you go from really the last place in landscaping to one of the national recognized in, in the world? And I just wrote the book to, to sort of just share how we did that. It's a short read. It's a two-hour read book. It's uh, just the highlights of what we tried to do with our staff. Not everybody bought in. Not everybody does. Right. But uh, we 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 changed the culture and uh, change. And a lot of our folks have gone on to do some really great things uh, just being here. Yeah. Well, even too. We just
0: before we even started recording this, you know, just talking about we just had two graduations, and I thought, well, maybe that's kind of a stressful place. And it's like, you know, you're you talked about your team being so proactive and so they've they've got this down that. It, and and we didn't have an outdoor cer- uh, outdoor uh, ceremony, but still that the fact that this, you know, wanting your campus to look the best that it's already there. Like they know, they know what to do. They know how to present this place in, in a way that is always impressive, not just on, you know, specific weekends. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, so
1: you you got to play at that high level daily because think about it, Joel, on average, 25 new people will visit the campus every day. Mm. So you got to be on, you know, it's pretty much showtime every day. It's open 365. You can drive through uh, every day of the year, anytime. And so that's the mindset. And we talk a lot about where people are going to be taking pictures. Mm -hmm. We want to create those memories, but we also need those areas to always look good. And and so if they take a picture and another area looks bad, that's going to be a bad, bad reflection on the university and us. So it's it's showtime, but it's amazing once you get out in front of it, and you have people who are engaged, who have an eye for detail, they're paying attention, they're proactive, they're productive, those things just really start adding up to where it gets momentum to things, you don't need as many people as you think you do to, to do what you're doing, because we're doing a 1000 acres with about 30 people. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty intense yeah it's, so let, let's get into it let's get
0: in a little bit uh and talking about the book and some lessons uh learned and i know you haven't uh, written the book and maybe there's sort of a self-reflection sort of lessons that have come up. but w- what were some learnings you had in either writing the book or even lessons that you want to highlight from the book
1: i think th- the, the first thing that jumps out to me was is you know the curse of knowledge you know once you know something mm. you think everybody else knows it and you kind of just feel like everybody should already get it i mean you're 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 a teacher. I mean, you're a professor. you you know a lot of technical part, but every every semester you're bringing in new people who don't know. that's right, and, and it's it's harder. And so when I'm writing the book, it's almost like, well, yeah, we're doing this, and we're doing this and and people are 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 sort of like looking at you going like, "You're what do you mean you're doing this? Like, for example, we'll slow down once a month and just watch a video. And then we'll just all reflect on that video with our team. We'll do it in small groups. I don't know what you guys do that call that. You know, it's maybe it's that experimental uh, reflection. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm wanting my team to slow down and process some good data. Maybe it's a, a teaching on how to be adaptable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what does that mean? It's a 10 or 15 minutes. And then we'll just, I'll facilitate questions because I want them to reflect on it. And I want them to hear each other talk about it. And that that builds team unity. It builds that common goal of what we're doing, what we're going through. And they're hearing themselves say it. It's not me up front, you know, saying these things, it's them processing it. So that becomes the buy-in that becomes the part where they're, if they're not, if they're saying it, there's a, there's that belief. And that's what I'm trying to capture is their belief. So writing the book I'm thinking this is kind of common. Then I realize after I've written the book that this is not common, that people really aren't going for employees' beliefs. They just want employees to get results. Well, the key to get results is to get beliefs. If you can get them to believe in what you're doing is important, they may never fall in love with what they're doing, but they're going to believe it enough that it's important, that they're going to do a good job, that they care. They have that pride of ownership. So that was a, that was an eye-opener for me in the, after writing the book.
0: Well, how amazing is that, Jeff? Just that that example you just shared of we're going to take time away from the landscape, right? <laughs> like the you know the probably the the number one activity that they're going to be doing. And we're going to come together, and we're going and and you're sending a message that you know what there's value in investing in this time in order into you that we believe that you can get better, and this is maybe an experience to do that. That that message that you send and and showing them that this time is valuable for us to invest in you as people. And then that makes you better when we go back out into the landscape. I mean, that's, it's an amazing message that you're sending.
1: Well, I had a, I had a guy come in my office and have an open door policy for any of my team. And, and he came in and he sat down and he goes, Hey, can I close the door? I said, sure. Mm. So he's talking, he goes, I just want to let you know when we, we had just, we've been doing this for probably about three years. And he goes, I just want you to know this, and we call it leader to leader. He goes, leader to leader has really changed us He goes, we're working better. We're not arguing. We just seem to be getting along together really well. And then he just got quiet. He got silent and his head bowed and I didn't know what happened. You know, I was just kind of watching and, and he kind of looks up at me. And he's got tears in his eyes and he goes, but I want to tell you on a personal level, he goes, this has saved my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, really? And he and and it didn't really surprise me, but it did. And it's like, okay, Um, he goes, yeah. He goes, I used to think my wife was the problem, right? And and that's just that's that's common. We always think the other person's the problem. Mm -hmm. And it was a self awareness that he was getting in this group, of him needing. He was getting to see some of his blind spots. He was getting to feel that and see that. And he realized uh, he was getting ready to to divorce his wife because he thought she was the problem. Well. I had the guy. I mean, the, this guy did it exceptionally well. He's one of our success stories. He's gone on to another department, making more money, doing super great. But I talked to him about a year ago. This is this is probably been now about eight years since that first conversation. And I was like, "How's your marriage?" And he, you know, great marriage. They're doing well. And it was just nice to know that 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 leader to leader program not only helped our team, but it helped him at home. You know, those mm-hmm. things transferred home and were. Uh, able to have application there as well.
0: That's awesome. That's wonderful.
1: I mean, again, like that, that
0: investment in, within the people as that message comes out uh, pretty uh, ringing true. That's definitely there. What other learnings have you had, Jeff?
1: Not everybody wants to be a leader. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody. You know, uh-huh. I, I guess I grew up with it. I just always have always wanted to be a leader, right? It just kind of, Goes back, I think, back in my school days. I've always never, I never had a problem being a leader. Um, playing sports outside, pickup games, I'd be the one barking out the whatever. But yet, I'm still an introvert person. But I don't mind being a leader. And um, I found as I'm working with our team that a lot of our guys really don't want to be the person in charge, but they do want to. They want to do. They do want to have a say. In what we're doing, and so that was a, that was eye opening. That they want to be valued, they want to be a part of it, even even participate in our standards. Like what the what's the quality we expect, but they don't want to be in charge. They don't want to be that person that has to, you know, make the this hard decisions. Yeah, so I, that was a, that was a learning process for me. Is how you how do you get that, but yet you're not going to be in charge and and a lot of that is just discussion and, and having good discussions with teams and facilitating that but when it's so easy to get into a work day and getting your list done get this done get this done and not facilitate conversation that that's the first thing that gets thrown out when you're busy
0: mm-hmm. yeah and, and the i mean the thing that i that stands out to me there is like there's it's not a i'm gonna I always go back to when we were talking to these new teachers coming in and we asked them like, you know, what is it like when you think about what, what was a teacher when you were like a real kid or a real little kid? And when you looked at like, what is the image of a teacher as someone that's standing up front and telling people what to do a lot of times or telling them, here's how you do something. And versus the best way for, you know, teaching to occur is for them to be some struggle, to be some sort of, uh, you give them an activity and you facilitate an activity and helping them and allow them to sort of figure things out. And, but so there's this balance of, you can't completely just tell them what to do. And then they're not thinking about it. They're just, you know, miming whatever you've done versus, you know, you can't just let them be completely free. And then they're completely lost. It's this balance in between. You see, it sounds like that same thing where, no, no, I don't want to be the leader, but I still want to have a voice in in what happens, and so it, it you gotta you gotta deal with that tension of it's it's not one or the other it's it's a little bit of both at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's right. Hey, can I tell my favorite teacher story though? Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. So big pre, big reason, and I didn't really share this while ago, but after I had you know pretty much bombed out of business school, uh, not doing well, and I was in horticulture school. One of the things that really influenced me is I had a professor, Dr. Harry Ponder, who taught plants and he was teaching evergreens. So he was we were going out and looking at hollies and azaleas and anything that's an evergreen. And this this guy knew the name of everything, Joel. I mean, he knew the scientific name. He knew the common names. And then it was just like walking around with an encyclopedia. But a person who had practical experience. So he would give us case studies and we would just learn. It was just fascinating. And we would come into his classroom and we'd be waiting, you know, and he would come in and, or, or, you know, we, he would be there waiting on us either way. And he would always acknowledge every person he would acknowledge. Oh, there's Jeff McManus from Douglasville, Georgia. <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's just, I didn't realize what an impact this guy was making on me and, and what I reflected on probably 10 years ago I mean long I graduated in 88 long long time ago is this guy he knew all the plant names but the name that apparently meant meant the most that he knew was my name Mm. is that he he took the time to know my name but but then he was excited to see not only me but everybody and I don't know if he enjoy. I think he loves teaching. Dr. Ponder did. He's now retired. He, he taught for 41 years, Oh yeah. but he loved people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people can let you down. We all, we, we just know that people let you down. They're going to do stuff, but he still, he didn't lose that passion to invest in people. He's the, he's the big reason I got ended up at Ole Miss is because I told him I was, I was ready to leave South Florida. And if I said, if you heard anything, if you heard, hear anything that uh, comes up, let me know. I'd love something else. And, and, and the chancellor here at Ole Miss, Dr. Kayak called Auburn looking for someone. And Mm -hmm. I was on the short list, you know, those, those relationships, the people who care about you. Now he had hundreds, thousands of students, but yet he took the time. I mean, obviously he had a gift. He knew all those plant names. He knew everybody's name that that's, that's remarkable. But I think it was just the enthusiasm that he had to engage with people and, and even the plants that, that really made it special to me. So that's my teacher story. That's, that's the way I try to teach now when I teach to my people is I encourage them. I want to, I want them to get it right. I want them. And if they miss it, I don't embarrass them. Right. I just, Hey, you know, let's you know go on to something else, but always want them to be successful.
0: That's awesome. I mean, one of the, we kind of go through this um, set of practices. I say like, these are not just for good teaching, but just, good practices in general but that whole idea of building relationships if we're always building relationships then you're going to be better off right and like either either in teaching even if it's a student that might be rejecting your uh rejecting your content knowledge they might not they might still want to talk to you about how the Packers are doing me being a Packer fan, right, or some or whatever, like activity they were doing, they might be willing to, th- to talk to you about that. So building that relationship so that possibly in the future, maybe that content can be uh, disseminated in a in a in a good way. But uh, at least we're always building those relationships. And like, it sounds like, you know, Dr. Ponder had a way of doing that with his students and that enthusiasm yeah. for the
1: content. It's hard when, it's hard too for teachers, I know.
0: Yeah. yeah. So one of the, I guess one thing that I have, I mean, cause you're, you know, I know that you're not the chancellor of the university and, and there have been a couple of different chancellors since uh, in your tenure here. How do you go about communicating? So Dr. Kyatt obviously knew the importance of the landscape and all, and, and you have all the, the statistics about how important it is about this environment that you're creating for the university. How is it when you're being led from, above, like, how do you communicate some of
1: those things and to make sure that they see the importance of what you do? I'm fortunate now that, that the momentum has shifted now. The momentum, the expectation is, why aren't we landscaping? Mm. Whereas when I first came here, the question was, why are we landscaping? you know, why are we putting the money in it? So I'm, I'm glad that it's tipped now to right. the other way where we've won the, I think the national attention, everybody likes to be associated with a, with a champion. That's right. We all do look at us. We wear our hats. We wear memorabilia, whatever it is, our schools were proud of them. And I think that's, that's true with even landscaping. Maybe we're not winning football national championships, uh, <laughs> but, but we've won something right. And we that's all right. look for that. We always look for those and, and it's been an easier sale. What I've, I've got two new bosses now, and what I have to do is is go in still with the attitude of learning. Mm-hmm. I, and I do need to be the authority. And I have had to learn that, Joel, is, is that I need to bring information that helps them make decisions. Um, don't tell them what to do, but to help them and frame it correctly. So it's my job to let, make sure they know the those statistics. And if they want to change and say, hey, we're going to cut the budget, we're going to do this, <laughs> My, my objective is to, is to let them know what's going to happen on mm. that. Now, I've been fortunate. I haven't had to go down that road. We've got some people who've embraced it. So our biggest selling point, though, Joel, our best selling point, besides the product itself, you see the results every day when you walk right. in it, is our people. Mm-hmm. You just don't see our people standing around They're They're usually engaged, highly, you know, moving. They're not running, right, but they're moving. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to capturing belief, right? We, hopefully we hire people who will believe in what we do, but we want them to know that what they do is important. We may be recruiting the next person who cures cancer here. And in a small way, we may help, you know, be a part of that solution. Yeah, There's not many jobs that you can tie that to. Not many, you know, I just read an email that we got from a a beautiful lady here who's retired and she does a, a paragraph of of love and affection about the landscaping. Well, guess, I took that and read that to our team in our meeting this morning. And then I put it up on the wall. Why? I mean, every. how do you know when somebody needs encouragement? Because they're breathing, right? And so mm-hmm. they needed encouragement. They need to hear that. They need to know that they matter here on campus. And so we feel like in a small way, we're helping change lives. And sometimes that drives people. Sometimes it does it. Um, I find that younger people want to have a, a bigger purpose in life. Sometimes we want to go out and save the world. Uh, Sometimes you can do that through landscaping. If you truly believe what you're doing is important, you're helping recruit people. You're maybe not the one who's going to go out and cure cancer, but maybe that scientist is, but you know, Mm -hmm. Joel, we've recruited people who've been the head of NASA here before, right? We've, we've recruited national bestsellers like, you know, uh, was that guy, John Gresham, maybe, you know, who came here. So yeah. maybe in a small way, we've influenced him as well. So, and then of course there's always the the football and sports. And so we always want to help be a part of that recruiting as well. Absolutely.
0: Um, and I know for me, like the, the the story that I really get a kick out of is when you're talking about walking around with Chancellor Kayat and, you know, he's, you know, not taking two steps outside and, you know, he sees a piece of litter and, and going ahead and picking it up and being like, you know, sending, it, sending a message, one, that everyone's a part of this, right? That it's not just the landscape service that's in charge of making sure there's beautiful, like we all have a part in this. And even from me, the person who's at the top of the chain is going to be bending over and picking up the litter. I mean, that's a great message that what do we do as as uh, someone who's, he, he taught you a lot by just doing that small movement, right? That, that engaging in that practice.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And Joel has probably even influenced you. I I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't picked up a piece of paper. Yes, I have. You see, but that influenced you because you knew from the top level, we're all bought in. Yeah. Uh, That's huge. I mean, you don't have to say a word. Uh, A college student sees you doing it, Joel. They're saying, oh, well, there, there goes my professor. He's picking up. Well, he's bought in too. So it affects us all. And we call that. Uh, we affectionately call that weeding by example, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of leading by example, because Chancellor Kayat would pull weeds too if he saw. Them. <laughs> and so he said, "Hey, I'm I'm weeding by example." That's well right. That's that's part of our landscape creed. We have a creed that we read every Monday morning. Uh, we also have now a, a merit medal that goes along with that. But leading by example, we we actually pinned a guy today, our very first recipient of our Lead by Example Award, and so. That's a process they go through, uh, where they read a book, they do an interview, they interview a a leader, they develop questions, all these things. But it's all about leading by example, and and kayak just he just embo- he just embodied all that yeah. stuff. So yeah, great great ex- story there, Joel.
0: Yeah, and and then just one other thing is just the other example, like you did a it seems like a a field trip to the local library where you know seeing where. It, hey, this is a place where we can learn a little bit and like seeing your guys like, hey, getting their library cards, getting some audio books checked out and just like that encouragement. Again, like you talked about earlier about, hey, we're gonna watch something together, reflect on it, but then encouraging them to, hey, find some other things to read and and grow and and learn. And so that encouragement from you all to see like, you know, we're not just growing plants. Like you said earlier, we're growing people. So I, I, I just, I appreciated that. And, you know, it's one of those things where, I want to make sure like as teachers too, like, right. And, and again, teaching as a broad thing, like, Hey, if we're reading things that might not necessarily be in our discipline or whatever, just like to show like, Hey, we're growing, right. I'm learning to do this. I'm, I'm learning about this thing. I've reading this book for fun and just, or I've learned this new skill. And just to, to show that, you know, to be that example, just like Kay picking up the litter, like being the example of, Hey, I'm, I'm growing too. And, and, you know, you talked about taking a class, like that you're being a good example of that as well. So that's, I, I mean, that's, that's all good stuff. That's all good, like teaching that showing that, showing that uh, sort of that we're all
1: growing. And and how do you, you know, you, you end up stumbling upon answers and solutions that you subconsciously, you know, you weren't even thinking about, but you, because you're helping somebody else, all of a sudden you've got an answer to one of yours. So when I took our guys to the library, at the time I didn't realize our library had a free audio download from Hoopla, right? <laughs> we could download books from Hoopla. Yeah. And I'm like, Are you serious? And I mean, Joel, I was checking out all eight of my books every time. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a ferocious audio listener. I just love audiobooks. Joel, the worst day of my life is when our library quit doing hoopla. I mean it was <laughs> no,
0: I, I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And so now they've got these other ones that just to me just don't, they just don't work. They just, they're not, they're not anything like hoopla was, but anyway, yeah, just getting our guys engaged, but hearing the stories that come from that, when they tell you what they're reading, you know, they're reading about Pat Riley and how to build a championship Mm. team. And I'm like, wow, that's a win. You know, they're, they're listening to how to build a team, how to grow better. And, and now that same guy, he started his own side hustle. He's selling toys and uh, antiques online, you know, oh, I don't know awesome. where all he's doing, but apparently he's doing pretty good. I'm just, I'm just like, I love that. He's, yeah. He didn't just, uh, just do his eight to five job, but he's got a little side hustle going too. So that's great. Awesome. Yeah, that yeah. is great. Um, so
0: having written the book and again, being a little bit reflective, are you doing anything differently? Like in working with your people,
1: having written the book? I try to make it, try to always try to make it about them and realizing as we have, you know, we still, one thing that still frustrates me is our turnover rate. Mm -hmm. And we're at the bottom of the pay scale. So I like to blame the pay scale a lot. That's my go-to whining, you know, victimization. We just don't pay enough, you know, and it it may be true. It may Mm -hmm. be true, but I got to figure out, because we have about a 20% turnover every year and and so i find that i'm having you know we're starting over with with new people and we're having to to help them see how to become better how to become a better person so i always have to try to keep it about them and realizing where they are and where they're starting so this week we'll do a we'll do one of our leader to leader meetings we'll actually do two of them we'll break them into small groups and and whatever, like one of, one of the ones last time was I just I did a statement and I said, what does this mean? And it says work harder and work smarter, not harder. OK, Joel, I would assume everybody knows what that means. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Yeah. Right. So if you say that in a meeting, I need you guys to work smarter, not harder. Not everybody's on the same page with that, because some guys and this has come out in the meetings. Look at that is as well. What I try to do is con you into doing your part. And when I sit back and just sort of slack off and that's not what that means, right? It, it mm-hmm. means to be more efficient, to do it quicker or whatever, just to be smart about it and to think through it. And so you've got to, it's good to t- talk about these things so that we get on the same page and, and we all understand that cultural language that that every workplace has.
0: Yeah. And you saw that. I mean, there's a pretty good example in the book when you're talking about how long it took to mow the property and you're like, hey, if we, by having this like garbage can in the middle of uh, of the grass and we got to mow around it or back up and stuff like that versus, hey, how about we strategically move some of these signs and garbage cans and stuff so we can have some clean lines when we're mowing like and you create an efficient space like, hey, there's working smarter and not harder.
1: That's right. Lifting tree limbs up so that they're not hitting mower operators in the head as they're driving mm. by. You know, just a safety issue, but it's more efficient. It's working smarter, not harder. And um, we've we figured out how to get re- try to keep our mowers from backing up. You know, it sounds crazy, but when you back up, you're literally costing yourself time. Yeah. We went from mowing the campus in 10 days. It used to take us 10 working days to mow the entire campus. Joel, we've gotten it down as it's little less three and a half. It's probably more like four now, but we're mowing the campus in four days with fewer people, and we have more property. We have more grass than we had 21 years ago. but it's all about what you said. it's being efficient. Uh, it's changing the belief and it's just getting people to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And, and the the pride, the sense of pride in it uh, we we added this whole new part of our our program called Landscape University. Where we let we, we it's training. It's a training class, but we let our staff teach other staff. It's not mm-hmm. Jeff going out there doing it. It's me empowering them to teach others, and so that's been a big game changer. We've just gotten more efficient because guess who? We we create powerpoints and videos now. Guess who the stars are on those? You know who are the who are the people that are on those videos? You know we don't go out and buy these videos. We make them, mm-hmm. and and we put our people in there. Is the is the stars and the in the people who are the experts and so that that lists them up as the as the teacher some of my worst worst people who were against me and fighting me have become my best absolute best mentors and leaders in our in our whole department i mean guys i would have fired gladly <laughs> 15 10 15 years ago i mean no qualms i just would have fired them um, just because of how much problems they caused, have now become. They were leaders then, but they were negative leaders. They they didn't know right. how to harness. They didn't know how to harness that. They, nobody had ever showed showed them. But that that constant. It's like a plant. You feed it. You water it. If if you're pouring gasoline on a plant, you're going to kill it. So right, you got to put good water. You got to mm-hmm. put good stuff in there. So we would give them a diet. And these these folks hadn't had a good diet of mental food, right? They, mm-hmm. they don't have that. They, they're listening to whatever's in their truck. They're listening to country music. And, and so, you know, all their dogs are running away and they're getting divorces, right? So, they're <laughs> you know, you got to help break that cycle. Mm-hmm. So that's what going to the library does. That's what bringing in speakers does. That's what having them listen to TEDx talks does, taking them to conferences. It's all about growing people like you grow plants. You got to keep feeding them, keep watering them. And you got to be consistent. That's the hardest part, Joel. The easiest thing is once the problems start going away is to stop. Mm-hmm. Don't do it anymore. Hey, we don't have any drama right now, but we're, we're clicking along great and and COVID hits and it totally disrupts the way we do our work. So mm-hmm. we had to figure out how to do this outside, uh, bring get a mobile TV to get it outside, all that kind of stuff. But you, if you don't do it, what happens is the weeds really start growing again right. and, and it inter intermixes. And before you know it, you got that bad thinking again and you got that contamination. So what we want to keep doing is tilling the garden, right? Keep working the plants, keep feeding them. And then we let them grow stronger. They'll outgrow the weeds. They'll get stronger and they'll, they'll, they'll blow through the weeds. So that's, that's sort of been our trick and our magic.
0: I like the, how you pointed out the, that these people that you might've fired many years ago, they had influence though. They they were leaders, they were, but then seeing about how to, there's an asset there, like, you know, there's some, there's a you know, healthy plant is there just giving it the right food, giving it the right inputs. And so I, I for me thinking to my own context, like with, you know, students, like, you know, you see students that have influence on their groups and stuff like that, but it might be yeah, in that direction that's not quite uh, conducive to good uh, learning of mathematics, for example, or learning how to teach mathematics. And so, how do you then bring them on the team? How do you get them? How, maybe they haven't been listened to. Maybe they haven't had. And giving them a little bit of leadership, giving them the opportunity to influence what's going on. All of a sudden, now you flip that into an asset. That's that's a that's a great uh, that's a great learning right there.
1: And when they take that to the next level, they take it to the community, they take it to their family, they take it home with them, mm-hmm. and you start seeing that affect the next generation. I'll tell you just a little small thing is the university provides a pension for our team, but nobody ever tells them that on the side, they can they can have another retirement. They can have a Roth plan mm-hmm. and they can put as little as $5 a paycheck in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, when they started realizing they could do this and we we're showing them what they could do that they could at the end of 30 years, you could have a pretty decent nest egg Yeah, yeah. and besides your pension. And it's like, wow, you know, Hey, let the, you know, be the, be the tortoise in the race. Just keep being persistent, being persistent. The tortoise always wins. And so that's just a little, little part of it. But some of these, some of our leaders who were negative started seeing that. And, And I'm telling you some of those little, those little things helped change their whole perspective on life is that they saw opportunities were coming so yeah. i thought it was kind of cool
0: yeah that is cool so jeff if you were going to make uh the the second edition of growing weeders into leaders what what any changes you would make what, what's something that you would put in that second edition that uh, you didn't get in that first edition
1: well uh, it's funny because the first draft was uh, eighty eighty thousand words plus, and um, it, the, the final draft ended up being about twenty five thousand words. So <laughs> apparently, there's two books still in, in that draft. <laughs> so I I, just, I like the stories of telling our the success of our our team and how they've how they've seen the changes. I mean, I, I have I, I try to keep a notebook just of the success stories, and and I see how they've embraced a different mindset and don't let fear. Uh, stop them. I mean, we had one guy, I I won't go into that. You didn't ask me that. So I would change, I would add more stories. I think I I have gotten my second book written, which is called tailgate huddles. It's all about changing culture. And so it's, it's made They're one page chapters and they're made so that teams uh, in the green industry is where I targeted. They Mm -hmm. can just have a two to five minute conversation in the morning about some type of uh, incident. it's a there's like a case study or just a fictional story and you read it and then there's two questions. and it's what is to hopefully have what we have created in leader to leader is that short conversation about whatever's happened in that story. so the the word may be dependability. Let's talk about it. So we put it in a story and then let the team talk about it. What does it mean to be dependable? Right. And, and some of these things come out like, well, yeah, you come to work, you know, you, if you're going to, if you are sick, you call in and it's these little life lessons that we all take for granted. But, but a lot of our teams didn't grow up with that. And so it's, it's a, just another way to help reinforce that, the, I guess you would say character that's mm-hmm. important in a person's life. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, is that available? That tailgate it's not huddles. available yet it's a uh, tailgate huddles but um it's it's going to the publishers we got finished with our draft part of it and um yeah so we're we're going there it's i think jeff mcmanus is the problem right now you just haven't <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting I'm, I'm using my master's class that i'm taking right now as my excuse there you go online class so when i get through with it this week that's my next focused focus. well we'll have
0: show notes for this episode but so we'll post a, a, a link to the book and a link to your website and i know that eventually when that Book is ready. to be available there. Uh, eventually. Yes, I hope Very so. good. Um, yeah. So were you able to think about summing up in seven words or less?
1: So it's a challenge you know, that sometimes. Was the, that was one of the favorite questions that you had. So nice. I, the thing, yeah, I liked was this like, um, grow people like you grow plants. And that was my six words. Nice. Grow people like you grow plants. I like it. And, and I, I, most people know. Most people know that. I mean, it's not a fast process. It's yeah, not yeah. a microwave. It's a right. slow process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw a, a colleague uh, was growing. Posted on social media, they grew some sunflowers some seed, and you know, you could see them. That like, oh wow, that's a big plant. Not not nearly as big as it will be, but you know, like, oh, they've spent some time. They've they put some care into that plant, and so that's that's a good. I, I like that.
1: Uh, he didn't I put. He didn't forget about it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. No,
0: I was just going to say growing weeders into leaders starts with people. I mean, that or relationships, whichever way you want to put it. But I mean, that's uh, oh. that's a definitely a message I got uh, out of that, out of the book.
1: Yeah. You know, Zig Ziglar says you can get everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And when I look at that in my career, what I needed, I, I needed to. I needed a beautiful campus, right? I, that was part of what I was charged to do—a beautiful campus. But what did my people want? Mm. You know, they needed to feel worth. They needed to feel value. They needed to feel appreciated, respected. And how do I do that? How do I create that? And so that's what I worked on—is valuing them, building them up. And and people, when you read Daniel Pink's book *Drive*, he talks about three motivations that people that really drive people in the workplace purpose, autonomy, and um, gosh, what was the third one? Purpose, autonomy, and mastery. Thank you. Mastery. So so we trying to hit all three of those levels, give them purpose, look who you're recruiting, look what you do, you know, worldwide autonomy. We've given them a lot. Once they trained, uh, they can, there's a lot of directions they can go with that. So mm-hmm. their days, believe it or not, they have a lot of autonomy. And then, mastery we created this landscape university program so that they become masters when they get those uh, stars on their name in each class and they get a magnet for their locker that makes them the master of what we're doing so that's that's what i'm trying to hit to get them motivated and so goes back to that quote you can get everything in life you want if you'll help enough other people get what they want yeah absolutely yeah um and
0: Two quick ones. Uh, what is the best thing you do to help your teaching? You may have already touched on it, but just anything that you're like, Hey, this has been a really nice little thing that I've been
1: able to do. Well, you, I don't know, to me, stay learning. I mean, you hit it earlier, be a learner, stay yeah. curious. I mean, we don't, what's harder for me now that I'm you know, becoming the old guy in the room, right? You know, I'm no longer the young gun. I'm the older guy is that you got to listen to young guns like you, Joel. I mean, you're a lot younger than me. And so I got to learn. And so that, that was a paradigm shift for me is to like, respect, listen and learn, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care what age they are, but especially a guy like you, who's gone through the training, you're what, what to me, that's important. That's important that you've done all that. And you're, you've got all the degrees and all that, but what's more, what brings more credibility to for me about you is that you're teaching it and you're teaching it over and over again. So you're having to go through the challenges. You're going through apathy. You're going through the people who who quote, these are air quotes think they know more than you do. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're dealing with all that. And that's what that puts you. So I can learn from you because when you speak, you're not just speaking from what you read, you're speaking from what you have actually experienced and trying to apply and help other people learn as well. And that that to me speaks a lot of volume. That speaks a big volume, excuse me, to, to what you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you, Jeff. But I mean, again, I like that you said, like that that idea that keep learning to keep that hunger. And I, you talk about the master's class, and I know we've had a lot of exchanges where all of a sudden, like, I get an email from you, like, are you going to this webinar? And like, like, you know, like, <laughs> always trying to, we're always trying to grow, you know, and and that's, that's a great sign. And for any teacher, like, always trying to learn, uh, you know, even though I got three kids in, I'm still, I can learn a lot about parenting, you know, I can still learn a lot about parenting. So we could all keep learning. Uh, that's awesome. Um, anything to promote Jeff? Besides, again, we'll have a link to the, uh, the for people that are looking to buy the book, Growing Weeders into Leaders, Leadership Lessons from the Ground Level. We'll have that on the website. We'll have a link to your website. Anything else that we can promote out there?
1: Well, I still, I do, you know, now that COVID's sort of, you know, going, going away and, and speaking is opening up. I'm getting more and more speaking opportunities, live events. I'm doing Zoom still, but that's, that's always fun. So mm-hmm. yeah, for those who may be looking for a keynote speaker, uh, hey, give me a call. We'll see if I'm a good fit. I won't take every one of them because I may not be the right fit for you, um, but would love to have that conversation if after they heard this podcast and they, they want to talk more, that that's something that's real fun for me. I enjoy doing that.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Great way for uh, folks to invest in their teams. I know you've got a lot of, a uh, lot of abilities to uh, help them, help them grow, help them all grow. So there you go. Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate uh, your time and appreciate you being willing to be on the, this episode of the podcast. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Joel. Thanks for doing this and investing your time in, into others and, And thanks for allowing me to be here today.
0: Awesome. Thank you. There we go. There's Jeff McManus and uh, talking about turning weeders into leaders. And so love the title of the book, love the conversation. And hopefully you did as well. And so that is about all we have for this episode of the Amazon planet podcast show notes for the podcast can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode 46. Now, if you're looking for ways to support the podcast, which we greatly appreciate, I mean, already you've listened. So already you've been supporting. uh, But if you're looking for other ways, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts so that the latest episode is always available whenever you're ready to listen that always helps us uh ready to review the podcast through your podcast provider that makes it a little bit more visible to the next person that's looking for similar content you can subscribe to the amateur planet download which contains uh resources and updates from on planet um we've been talking recently about the no guilt book club i'm gonna have some updates and some things going on with the no guilt book club uh, specifically related to this podcast feed uh so anyway pay attention to that that'll be coming out through the download and uh and through this podcast feed. So keep it, keep it, uh, stay tuned. You can also follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. You can also check out the Amazon Planet store or Amazon Planet bookshop. Links in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com, uh, where all of your purchases support the production costs of the podcast. So in conclusion, thanks, thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Thanks to Jeff McManus for sharing his expertise and his book. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank
1: you for all that you do. Peace.